welcome to our, in our MGHS Institute Interprofessional Webinar Series. My name is Dr. Lusanne McGill, and I'm the manager for the Creative Arts Therapy Program here at MJHS Institute for Innovation and Palliative Care. The title of this webinar today is, is Creative Arts Therapy, Restoring Communication and Relatedness. I have no financial arrangements or affiliations to disclose, and I want to welcome you and thank you for joining our webinar series. I want to show you that I'm very eager and excited to present on this topic with you because over my years and decades actually of experience in working with in cancer and palliative care settings, I've witnessed over and over again repeatedly, and sometimes even on a daily basis, the power of music to reach beyond words and touch and to establish connection with patients who are, who are very isolated or depressed or withdrawn and or deemed otherwise inaccessible. And the power of music and art to reach beyond words to help patients and families find ways to communicate meaningfully together. So I'm very excited to share this presentation with you. And I want to begin by looking at briefly considering historical impact, followed by definitions, and then briefly touching upon empirical studies. And I want, because music and art therapy both have such powerful effects on communication, I want to spend most of our time, our 30 minutes together today, looking at the therapeutic processes. And I'd like to review with you two case examples and then end with looking at indications for referral. We will have times for questions and answers at the end. The arts have been used as forms of communication and expression since the beginning of recorded history. The arts have been used to portray images, stories, to gather communities and families together, and have been used with intention in, for medicinal purposes to pure, purify and purge the human soul and to cure illnesses and diseases. So they have been used with intention throughout, throughout time. And if we look closely at our ancient civilizations and the Arabic cultures and the Eastern cultures and the early Greeks and, and Roman cultures, we see these threads throughout history and see the power of the arts that have, and the role that they've played with humans. And we see that they are actually gifts to humans. They are known as the universal languages because we do not need to know the language to understand and to feel the meaning of the art. They are forms of expression and offer creative, lyrical, and symbolic means to express. They bring aesthetic beauty. And through sounds and rhythms and melodies and harmonies and through shapes and colors, they bring form and order and a sense of predictability, which is significant in the lives of patients who are under a lot of transition and flux. They're also known to transcend predicaments, time and space, and transport people to a memory, to a special place, a special moment in their lives. And this is also important in, in the work that we do in helping people review their lives. They are known to affirm or restore communication and sense of connection and relatedness with self and others in the universe. And they are also known to soothe and to relax and to energize. Today they are well integrated into multidisciplinary care. 
So it is, has become more common for us to hear about music therapy being offered in hospital and long-term care settings and art therapy as well. However, we may not see a marching band walk, walking down the hall of a facility or a hospital. However, we do hear of music therapy being offered as one of the complementary therapies today in hospital settings and art therapy too. Here at MJHS, we are fortunate to be able to provide these services on a full-time basis to our patients and families, patients of all ages and families throughout our borough area, boroughs. We have four full-time music therapists, one full-time art therapist, one part-time art therapist, and one per diem music therapist. Our therapists work on a referral basis and we work closely with patients and families to develop plans of care that are very meaningful to them, that are pertinent to their needs and their issues. All of our creative arts therapists have master's degree in a creative arts therapy, and they're all licensed by New York State as mental health counselors. They receive in-depth training in the psychosocial and biomedical sciences, and also in counseling skills. So they are well equipped when they go into homes and into facilities to make clear assessments and to help develop treatment plans with the staff. We work really closely with the IDT staff and that we really value our relationship with the IDT members. Our collaboration with staff is really pertinent and vital to our work. And as I said, we work together with the team to, to, develop, to develop care plans and also to work together in our mutual aim to improve the quality of life for patients and families and for staff. We provide services for the staff too, especially when they've been experiencing a lot of grief. I'd like to offer here some definitions. The creative arts therapy is the use of active engagement in the arts with psychotherapeutic processes to address issues and symptoms, a wide range of issues and symptoms. I want to stress to you that it is relationship-based, as you saw in our previous picture, the relationships that are established within visits. It's not only the art form, but it is the relationship that is established between the patient and caregivers and the therapist. The artistic and psychological processes are dynamic forces for change. Music therapy is use of music and personalized interventions. We're the licensed professional music therapist to treat the symptoms, address issues of grief and loss and whatever other psychosocial issues there may be. And art therapy is also the therapeutic use of art making within the same context, within the professional relationship with those who experience illness, grief, and trauma. We do a lot of work with pediatrics and siblings, and we also do a lot of family work pre and post bereavement. There's an abundance of research these days in the psychosocial sciences and in the neural, cognitive neurosciences, which help us glean insight into perhaps why music and art have such a powerful effect on communication. Studies provide evidence that music is processed within multiple areas within the brain. We know that music stimulates motor responses, cognition, and emotional responses. Music and art provide sensory stimulation and arouse images and memories. And music and art also provide, provoke and prompt attention and awareness. 
I'm going to touch upon some studies here. There's a lot of research, but I'm going to highlight some recent studies that have been done in, in specific areas. I'm going to focus on particular um, areas where there has been a lot of research and continues to be a lot of research done. There has been a lot of research over the past years on the effect of music on communication and patients with aphasia. Melodic intonation therapy is a therapy that involves the use of music and singing and rhythms and tapping to help patients with aphasia communicate and express through song. These are two studies that were done recently, published recently, providing evidence with this. And I'd like to share with you that on, in my clinical work, in my work with patients with brain tumors um, who have have aphasia as a result of their brain tumor. I've used familiar songs with them and have helped them sing the words that they want to say to their to their loved ones so that the patient experiences a great sense of relief and relaxation as a result of being able to communicate again. It's a very powerful modality to use for communication. There's also a lot of work being done on the effects of music in communication with patients with dementia and Alzheimer's. Music therapy is known to stimulate memory and nonverbal and verbal communication in individuals with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And these are two recent studies as well. We see commonly with patients who may not be able to remember their names, but will sing all the words to songs from their childhood and from their familiar songs in their lives. And again, this has a, a great great effect on their perhaps levels of agitation where they become more relaxed and focused and they actually smile and become more engaged and engageable with their family members. So it really provides them with a lot of relief and gives them a way to be in the moment again. There are numerous studies on the impact of music therapy on patient, family, and staff interaction. And I'm going to just briefly touch upon three qualitative studies which I conducted or helped conduct. The first is a study where I interviewed caregivers following the death of their loved one and asked them to, as they looked back on their times in music therapy, what were some of the things that they, that really were salient features for them. And they shared with me that one of the most important things that they experienced was their sense of connection again with their loved one. They felt a sense of joy and seeing that loved one, in their words, come back to life. That was very significant to them. We also, with my colleagues um, in Australia, and I, we, we looked at therapeutic songwriting and the effect that, that has on parent-child connectedness and emotional expression. In this study, we, the parents wrote songs to their children, and then we interviewed them and asked you know, both the family members and the, the patient what effect this, this technique had on them. And they all reported that they felt much more connected with their child again. The parents in these cases were hospitalized and were away from their ch children, so they were not able to be at home with them. This was a very important modality for them to be able to express and to express their sentiments to them. And also very important for the children at home. 
In this study, my colleague in Australia and I conducted a multi-site study wherein we each individually interviewed numerous staff members at both sites and asked them to share with us their perceptions of witnessing music therapy on the, on the oncology floors. They reported that witnessing music therapy improved their, their emotions, their moods, their feelings of awareness for themselves, but also for the, their awareness of the patient. They said that they, they could see again the human behind the, the patient gown and sitting in the bed, they saw the, the person again. And they also said that it improved their sense of teamwork. And they also perceived improved patient care, which was interesting. Art therapy also has some research that we can, we can find these days, and there's more and more being done. <clears throat> um, Art therapy provides a means for patients with cancer to describe their experience with pain and find support during isolation. That's been, art therapists will provide a, a body image and then they, they're able to draw the impact of their pain on that body image, for example. And art therapy seems to reroute communication pathways away from traditional means. And this has been found helpful with in using sculpting with dementia, patients with dementia. There is a lot of research, and here at MGHS, we're going to be establishing more research studies here in the near future, and uh, we're looking forward to being able to contribute even more. We, um, we're very excited about research, and we want to continue to, to validate the work that we do because it's such, so powerful. We all know it when we see it. The words of our patients are so revealing, and I would like to share a couple, two quotes with you. This is a patient with stage 4 lymphoma who was isolated and was away from his family for lengthy periods of time, and I was visiting him twice a week with music therapy. One day in one of our sessions, he turned to me and he said, you know, music is the voice of my heart. Music opens the emotions, and the Jewish synagogue, the Torah, is behind the curtains. It is like music opens the curtains to get to the Torah inside. Sometimes we have curtains covering up our emotions, sometimes fences, sometimes walls. Music gets right through them to the heart and the emotions. He later said to me, it's almost like I have a Berlin wall covering my heart, but in my time here in music therapy, I feel like I'm able to access my heart and emotions again. So this quote really reveals the power of, of music to penetrate and to go beyond words. And we see this with art too, when people are, are looking at photographs or art images. This patient was a patient with advanced breast cancer, receiving music therapy. She was she was relatively young, she was 58, and she uh, was separated from her family due to needing, needing to be in a facility due to her advanced disease and, and symptom, needing symptom management. She said, music stirs my emotion. Music elevates me from the dread and terror of my disease and brings me to a life-elevated place. It brings me to a time when I forget I have cancer. Music envelops me, and in our time here, I'm in these places of peace. It's a lovely 
a lovely way to explain the power of music that she felt in terms of how it transported her away from her illness and into places of peace. I'd like to talk for a minute about the therapeutic process that, that we see occurring and the role that music and art have for this process. The mediums of music and art are facilitators, they are pathways, they are door openers, they are, they are platforms upon which and through which patients and families can begin to create and share meaningful moments of communication together. The real strength of the work, though, lies in the relationship that's built between the patient and the family members, and the patient and the therapist, and the therapist and the family members, but it's really a circle, a circle of communication that, that begins to emerge. And the therapist is, is really just a facilitator because we want to strengthen the, the work between the, and the bonds between the patient and the family members again and provide them with, with unforgettable moments of sharing. So the music and art are facilitators and there are pathways for this, for this to occur. But there's more to it than that. The sense of presence that the, music, that the therapist brings to the work is vital to this role. The therapist's ability to offer calmness and compassion and empathy and acceptance and to convey understanding and to bring that, to be able to offer that stillness and that support to the patient and really keeps the session and the time focused on the patients and the family's needs. The therapist also brings listening, astute listening skills, offering stillness, attendance, astute attention to all details. These features play such an important role. The therapist comes equipped with verbal skills to be able to provide active and reflective listening as appropriate and is also trained in mindful self-awareness and that's also very fundamental to this work that the therapist needs to be able to, to feel and to respond to triggers perhaps of their own memories or their own feelings and or attitudes or beliefs or agendas and to be able to set that aside and to refocus on what the patient and family need. So this is a practice that we are trained to do and it really plays a vital role in what we do. And the therapeutic interventions are also very important skills that we bring to this work. Whatever interventions we develop in our work with the patients and families or create in the moment with them is really based on their needs and is based on our ongoing assessment. We tailor the rhythm and the tempo of the music to really be a support. If, if we're going into a room where a patient is very fragile, for example, we do not want the music to um, draw them to a place of, of intense emotion where they may not feel that they're able to control their, their emotions or their feelings when they really need to be able to control them. So we really are very sensitive in, in terms of how we pace the rhythm and how we pace the words and how we, the words that we use as part of songs. And likewise with the, the art, art activities, that, the therapeutic art activities that are brought into, into visits, they're all very highly um, 
well thought out so that we're really incorporating the patient and family strengths in what we do. So all of these features are very integral to the process and they're very fundamental and really help make the music therapy and the art therapy sessions proceed effectively. I'd like to share with you two case studies. This is Lance. He was 28, referred to me with a stage 4 lymphoma. When he was 12 years old, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease and went through radiation and chemotherapy treatments at that time. And then was considered free of disease until two months prior to my referral when um, diagnosed with stage 4 lymphoma. His family lived far upstate New York, so he was alone a lot in his room and was did not have very many visitors. The staff referred me to see him, asking me, can you please go try to reach him and, and try to provide support to him. He's only answering our questions with yes and no answers, but yet we see that he's locked in this tension and anxiety and he's um, visibly agitated. I went to his room and I gently walked in and said, would you like to hear a song? Because that, that was one way for me to try to introduce in a very non way to help him feel supported and also to help him not feel threatened by um, someone coming in to do therapy. And he said no in a low, gruff tone. So I left and then a couple of days later I went back and asked him again and the same thing, no. Third time I went, and this time I said, would you like me to come in and just sit with you? And I wanted to try a little bit of a different approach. And I have my guitar with you with me, and he said, no. Well, I did go back a fourth time, and the fourth time I went, he said, well, you can play if you want to. So I sat, kind of, I gave him some personal space, and I sat away from him towards the, towards the other side of the room a little bit, and I played two songs that had to do with the country and also with wanting to go home. During the second song, he reached into his drawer and I wasn't sure what he was going to do, but I, I kept singing softly and gently and he uh, took out a tape recorder and began to record me. And I interpreted this as a symbolic gesture that he was beginning to welcome, welcome me into his world. I sat with him quietly, and then as I was getting ready to leave, I said, would you let me come back? And he said, yes. So I came back a couple of days later and um, continued this kind of process with him, just gently playing some some songs that had to do with country and images and um, thoughts of it wanting to go home, perhaps. And he um, began to look like during the, at the end of each visit that he was a little bit more relaxed, but again, not speaking. During my fourth visit, his telephone rang while it was in there, and I said, would you like me to step out of the room? And he said, no. But during the phone call, I observed him becoming increasingly tense, and his foot was tapping. He was sitting on the edge of his bed, and his foot, foot was tapping, and his hands were clenched, and his jaw was tight, his teeth were gritting, and he hung up the phone, and he turned to me and he said, that was my wife, to whom I've only been married six months. He said, she's, she's 
a lot younger than me, and I just really don't know what to say to her anymore, and I'm quite concerned about this. So I said, well, how about if we write her a song? And he said, that's impossible. I cannot write her a song. And I said, well, I'll help you. Why don't you start to write her a letter, and I'll put it to music. So he wrote this first phrase, Dear Kim, I know you know this, but I long to tell you that I love you and miss you so. And he handed me the paper, and I put it to music and sang it in a kind of a gentle, um, soothing manner. And he leaned back on his pillow and started to weep. And I just waited, and he sat up and started to write some more. Dear Kim, I just can't tell you how much you mean to me. And when I get home, I'll hold you close to me. I put that to music. And we continued this process until the end. And then at the end, I sang him the whole song. During this time, I was also recording this song for him. At the end of the song, he sat up in his bed and smiled broadly. And he said, I am so happy that I was able to do this. And I told him that I had, and I handed him a copy of the CD, and I said, um, this is for you, and you can listen to it as often as you want, and you can, I'm also going to make a copy for you to give to Kim when she comes to see you within a couple of weeks. When I went back to the floor the next time, uh, the staff ran over to me, and they looked a little perplexed, and they said, what have you done? And I said, I, I don't know. Um, I said, we, we have just been spending some time with him. And he said, well, he's like a changed person. And now every anyone who walks into that room, whether he knows them or not, he insists they sit down and listen to the song that he wrote. And he said that, uh, they said that whether it was someone uh, from the facility department or or nursing staff or doctor, anyone who went into his room had to sit down and listen to his song. And even if they've already heard it, they had to hear it again. So this music therapy was not only beginning to help him communicate, but he was also through this, was beginning to develop this whole network of support for himself. So he's no longer feeling very isolated. He was able to go home. Um, well, she did come down two weeks later, and he gave her a copy of the CD, and he said that they had a very special time together. And then he was able to get home to spend the end of his life with her before he died. So this is, a, I'd say, a rather powerful example of how music therapy can reach someone who was deemed inaccessible and could really make a difference in this person's life because he was able to express his sentiments to his young wife and was able to have a whole network of support for himself in the hospital setting. And he, he ended up feeling better. He had, was having less reports of pain and was feeling less tense and anxious. Our next example is a patient, one of our MJHS patients with Parkinson's disease. He was referred to music therapy because he was reportedly bed-bound and was living alone with his um, elderly spouse and was nonverbal and was 
not communicating much. He was he was awake, but not not responding verbally and not not and not and pretty much immobile. He um, and and he was in that state until the onset of music therapy. He was referred to music therapy, and this is a, a video of one of our creative arts therapists, Elena Davlowski, and her visit with this patient and his spouse. And let's watch what happens. example of how music therapy can be used to help restore connection between patient and spouse, between patient and family member, and to give, and for him, the music motivated him to get up and to walk and to be back in touch with his wife. It's a very beautiful example. Unfortunately, I don't have any examples of our art therapy work that we've done. We continue to do beautiful work with patients and families um, using art materials and art activities to help support them during pre-bereavement and during bereavement and help them build projects that really uh, emphasize the patient's life and the family's life together, whether it's, whether it's in molding, hand mold, or and prints or in storybooks that music therapists do this too, but uh, the work that the art therapists do is also just so, so vital and so important to this, this aspect of what we can offer. I'd like to now look at uh, reasons for referral. These are some of the particular areas that we recommend you staff looking for in terms of ways that we can, you know, symptoms and, and indications when we can be very effective in helping in these situations. When patients are identified as having challenging symptoms, for example, pain exacerbations or long-term or chronic pain situations, when there's respiratory distress, when there's apnea or dyspnea, Music therapies and art therapy are used to help calm and to relax. When there's agitation, and as I said, when we offer patients and families means for communication, sometimes that reduces the agitation. However, also the art form itself can also help 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 patients and families and help patients relax. When there's insomnia or fatigue or mood issues such as depressive, depressive symptoms or anxiety and tension and other mood symptoms that we see. When there are challenging symptoms, the, the creative arts therapist can be especially helpful and effective. When there's patient and family distress or patient and family dynamic issues, the, or when there's caregiver strain, the creative arts therapist can really provide a lot of support to 
to help patients and families come together within a creative means to explore their feelings and to find ways to improve their communication with one another, to perhaps explore issues that may be a result of, their, of past events in their lives. When there's anticipatory grief or pre-bereavement needs, and when there's a desire or a need for life review or request for life review, the creative arts therapy are very, very helpful in, in these areas because we offer patients and families the real in-depth time to look over their lives and to to focus on, on their feelings and to express their feelings related to what they're going through. <clears throat> when we have pediatric patients, we, all, we often provide support to the caregivers as well as the siblings. We spend a lot of time working within families to provide support to the patients but also to their caregivers, including siblings. When there are cognitive or psychoemotional disorders, the creative arts therapy can be very helpful in helping patients find a sense of, of ability to come together and then come into the moment and to find ways to cope improved ways of coping. We provide a lot of education to families as to ways that they can use the arts within the home setting so that when they are, for example, um, in between visits when they're, when they're feeling pain or anxiety exacerbations that they can put on calming music or they can use play materials for, as, as ways to help them center and relax. When patients are actively dying, the creative arts therapist can be very helpful and during special procedures, our music therapists and our art therapists are called into settings where excavations are taking place to provide a calming environment through the use of music to help calm the environment, but also to provide support to the caregivers who are present. And we're also called into bereavement cases to support families during bereavement. So these are areas where we can be very effective in our work. In conclusion, I want to say that the creative arts therapies involve personalized strategies within the context of a therapeutic relationship with a licensed creative arts therapist and offer opportunities for self-expression and communication. Music therapy and art therapy are known to ameliorate symptoms and facilitate patient and family and staff relatedness. Therapists work as collaborating members of IDTs and provide ongoing assessments, treatments, evaluations, and psycho-emotional support during illness and through bereavement. We are not going to take time for questions and answers. And I thank you again for joining us. And I look forward to being able to answer any questions that you have, but also to, to provide you any information you may need in the future. We've got several questions here. Um, Someone, someone has asked, what, what do the arts, what role do the arts play in hospice and palliative medicine training? Well, the arts, we provide in-services and educational opportunities for staff across disciplines to train them on ways that, that the creative arts therapists can, can be, facilitate the, the treatment goals and the, the overall goals of the, the treatment team. We also, um, we also, perhaps, we also work on training the staff in ways that they can probably or hopefully use music 
to some degree in their work or arts and their work, for example, to help help to inspire family members, for example, to bring in photographs or drawings or to, to provide patients and families with tools to be able to draw for one another um, during if, if the art therapist or the music therapist is not present, or to play soft music that is of the patient's choice to calm, to help maintain a calm environment. And we also encourage staff to sing if and when they feel comfortable to hum in, as they were, because that can have a very calming effect on the environment. So the, the art, the creative arts therapists um, work on training the staff not only in what they can do in, in using their own resources with their patients and families, but also we train them about the, the, the research and the work that can be done with the creative arts therapists being part of the team. We have someone who's asking how the creative arts therapists manage the emotional content in sessions. Well, that's a very good question, um, and we're asked this commonly. The creative arts therapists are trained in depth um, to maintain, and to, to, they're trained with self-awareness skills. They're trained to, in depth to be able to monitor their own emotions within their own, their own thoughts and perceptions within sessions so that they are not imposing their own feelings or agendas or um, values into the work of patients and families. In terms of how we manage the emotional content, yes, it, there can be a lot of emotions present in sessions because of the, the work that, that is a, plays such a fundamental role in this work. Music will evoke feelings, and the music will, the art will also evoke memory and, and feelings as, 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 as objects are created and as music is heard. So the, the therapist has, is constantly monitoring his or her own emotions and, and identifying them, but, and also spending time with them later, but in the moment to really be present with the patient and family. So they're taught, taught to manage their own emotions within visits. We have another question here. Um, do you have sessions to train therapists from other institutions so that we can develop our programs? Yes, we do. We have a very extensive internship training program. We work very closely with accredited universities, and we have bachelor's and master's degree students who come here for six to nine months to do an intensive internship, and they're placed within our, our facilities, and we, they're assigned to a supervisor and they're also working out in the field and are making home visits, but they're given intensive, extensive training in all of the skills that, that we've discussed so far today, so that by the time they leave here, they are able to conduct assessments and develop treatment plans and to conduct evaluations on an ongoing basis. So we have, we work in collaboration with university settings, and we do, and we would love for you to be in touch with us about that. We are happy to provide you with information. What therapeutic approaches or theories are used by most creative arts therapists and, and music therapists? That's also a very good question. Um, I'd say that most of our therapists use existential or humanistic approaches and that we are very centered on the moment we um, are 
we do help families look back in their lives and if there are issues from the past so there there is some psychotherapeutic there's a lot of psychotherapeutic process that occurs in our visits there's a lot of work is focused on verbal content but our, our therapists I'd say mostly focus on the humanistic approach where we're, we're really focusing on offering acceptance and being in the moment and facilitating this um, this relationship that's so really focused on on helping the patient and, and the family find place of peace. I'm, I'm a palliative care chaplain serving in, in the veterans VA. I also have a BA in music. Can you provide me with a few reference texts which would help me better understand music therapy? If you could email us, email me. I would be very happy to provide that with you. There's, it's, there's too much to go into here in this webinar, but yes, we do have a lot of resources and I would love to be able to provide that for you. So if you could email me, I'd be happy to, to send you some references and resources. What are your thoughts about dance movement therapy as a modality to treat hospice patients? It seems to me that art and music are the preferred modalities. I see the body-mind connection as crucial to help patients deal with pain management, affect modulation, coping skills. Excellent question. And yes, dance therapy is um, very important, and we do incorporate movement in our work. We do not have a dance therapist as part of our team. However, we as creative arts therapists integrate whatever art forms may be needed in a visit, whether that means the use of singing, humming, um, photos, photos, images, the building of art, or, or the use of movement, the use of poetry. And if there's a, a pet in a, a patient's life, then we will you know, want to incorporate that in whatever way we can. Um, I know that some of the I know that the integrated medicine service at Memorial Sloan Kettering uses uses dance therapy, so it is used in the in the integrate within the integrative therapy context. But we don't have a full time or part time dance therapist as part of our our team. I do think that is very important you know, because movement, as you say, does play a vital role in terms of helping restore or to solidify or to build the, the body-mind connection through breath and through movement. And we do incorporate that in our work, but we don't have a dance therapist. I have a drama therapist who's working in the area of bereavement. Do you use drama therapy elements in your creative arts therapy work, story making and telling and role playing? Very good question. Yes, we do. We, we do a lot of story writing, story work or or role playing within our, our visits and uh, pre-bereavement and also during bereavement we'll have children for example or children and a parent will write a story together and and perhaps act that out so drama therapy all of the arts work so importantly together and there's really um, uh, a need and for us to use all the arts together. The idea really is to use whatever art forms are really needed and, and would really benefit the patient family in the moment. So whether that means bringing in drama, bringing in movement, bringing in just breath work or breathing in, bringing in um, perhaps even yoga stretching or, or 
any any of the art forms that that we need. We bring that to the moment, depending on what will really facilitate communication, but also will enhance well-being and quality of life. Um, we have one more question here. Can you prescribe a certain music or art form for a patient family to use? Can we? Can staff? It says, can we prescribe? And no, we really can't because every human being has his or her own individual association with music and, music and art. I'd like to share a brief example. I was referred to um, a, a new patient, a newly diagnosed lung cancer patient. And when I walked into the room, he saw with me with my guitar and he said, can you please play Pachelbel Canon? It's my favorite piece of music. So I, I knew that he was recently diagnosed and I could see that he was quite tense. So I played um, a gently uplifting manner this piece of music and during the, the music he he burst into tears and I asked him if, if he wanted me to stop and he said no keep going. But after the piece of music he said you know I really have forgotten but that is the piece of music that my wife and I got married to. So that music brought him to a certain time in his life and brought back a lot of emotion as a result. So we have we can't prescribe where that same piece of music may may really bring a lot of peace and comfort, may not have that same memory attached. So we cannot prescribe music and art. That is all the time we have today for questions and answers. And I want to thank you again for coming. And um, I'd like to ask you, invite you to please come to our next webinar, which is on January 22nd at 12.30 p.m., entitled Assessment and Management of Delirium by Pauline Lesage, Dr. Lesage. Please complete the webinar evaluation, planning, and future sessions, and, and have a happy new year, and thank you very much for coming.